the vibes another week the hoop genius podcast is back presented by nba 2k22 i am mo Mutsi, alongside me your grandma's favorite player mr bj armstrong <laughs> you know mo how come i keep getting people in my timeline, it keeps saying that to me. What is it? So, are, so, they, are they trolling me, Mo? So, what is so there really was a tweet mean? that went viral. And there, there was a tweet that went viral and it said, men don't go to therapy. They just sit around naming random sports people for two hours. And of the random sports people that people were talking about, this tweet went completely viral on Twitter. You were one of the top names of athletes that men <laughs> like to sit around and discuss. So I'm not sure why. But BJ Armstrong is a very popular name when it comes to discussing random athletes. So shout out to everyone talking about BJ Armstrong. You know, I was talking to someone the other day. They were telling me that they had a BJ Armstrong jersey when they were 10 years old. It's amazing. It's fascinating. Um, but we're here and we're not talking about BJ Armstrong. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. Apologies, BJ. Okay. We're going we're gonna to talk about the playoffs because a lot happened this weekend. Um, but we're going to break down last night's action. Friday, Saturday, all, all that happened. But we're going to break down Sunday night's action, starting with the man they call the point guard, putting up five points and six fouls. Interesting. BJ, you are known as the point guard guru. And, you know, we were on Sky TV and you gave quite a quite a bold statement at the very start. You said this series and this playoffs doesn't affect Chris Paul's legacy in the slightest because he's already one of the greatest all time. So whilst I do agree with you, we could be at risk of seeing Chris Paul throwing away yet another 2 nothing lead in the playoffs. Do you think after last night's game in which the Dallas Mavericks looked in control for pretty much the entire evening that they're at risk of losing this series? Of course they're at risk. Everybody's at risk. Every time you step out there on the court, you are at risk. However, you know, the series is tied 2-2. This is why the Phoenix Suns were able to play and during the regular season is to get home court advantage. Now, the series doesn't really start until someone wins on the opposing team's court. So as long as Phoenix can maintain their home court advantage, they will win the series. Now, this is the first time all season that I've seen the Phoenix Suns look out of sorts. This is the first time I've seen them out of character. You know, Mo, I would venture to say this is the first time on the road that they didn't really look comfortable. Now, the Dallas Mavericks played well at home i want to give a shout out to their crowd well ex except <laughs> except for the fans who uh, allegedly you were harassing Chris yeah, family. yes yeah, yeah. Ex you know well, look, I, I don't know what they're but during the game the fans crowd they were loud they had a lot of energy in the building and the team fed off of that energy normally mo role players in particular the Dallas Mavericks role players, they were terrific at home. And I mean, their role players played terrific at home. Did, and did, we'll see if those role, same role players can make shots on the road. Now, that's going to be the key. 
because they have to win on the road in order to win this series. One thing that Richard Jefferson pointed out during the broadcast was that for almost the entire game, the Dallas Mavericks bench was up on their feet, giving the energy, cheering on the team. In stark contrast to the Phoenix Suns, who were kind of sat down, all looking a little bit worried, a little bit lackadaisical. Um, this is the same Dallas bench that was fined the other day for their on-bench activities. And I just think that the energy and the camaraderie of the entire unit was fantastic to see for the Dallas Mavericks because they got off to a very hot shooting start. A very hot shooting start. And that really shook up the Phoenix Suns because they were giving more attention to Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson, as you do. And in the process of doing that, guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and Davis Bertans and Maxi Kleber were all knocking down threes like there was no tomorrow. They were running up that three-point tally like crazy. And credit to the Phoenix Suns for staying within touching distance, but they could never really find a rhythm, the Phoenix Suns. And what really disappointed me the most is this kid, DeAndre Ayton. He has the chance to come out here and show the world why he's a max player. And you're going up against the Dallas Mavericks. They don't really have an interior presence. This is your chance to come out and dominate like you did in the first game of the series. But he really left a lot to be desired tonight. The best player for the Phoenix Suns tonight, in my opinion, was our friend Bismack Biombo. And Monty Williams pulled him out of the game after his first stint. I don't know why, because he wanted to get Aiton back in. But yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say on that, is that the Suns lacked a lot of energy. They lacked cohesion. Like they were getting, they were giving up offensive rebounds to guys. You'd have like two seven-footers around a hoop and the Dallas Mavericks would come up with an offensive board. So it was perplexing to me to see the Phoenix Suns in this way, especially without their leader out on the court, and that being Chris Paul, who was fouled out. Um, which I must say is karma because he's the ultimate foul grifter with his rip through move and, you know, his manipulation of the referees. So I can't say I was mad about CP being fouled out, but uh, it was a chance for Devin Booker to step up and be the superstar that we know he can be. And I know the stat line and the box score, I don't know what the box score is, what, 35 points? It may look like, but I didn't see him take control of the game down the stretch in the way that you would expect from a superstar, but we did see that from one Mr. Luka Doncic. So BJ, you know, they say a series doesn't start until someone wins on the road, as you just said. Each team did what they're supposed to do. They defended their home court. So now it's the best of three. Are we going to be overreacting to the two recent wins by the Mavericks? Or is the momentum with them now and they could go on and win this series? That's what I need to know. Well, I, I think the basketball community, because there's a lot of drama, you know, we love narratives. Yes. I think after the first two games, the the overwhelming thought of the basketball community that this series was over. Phoenix mm-hmm. looked like they were going to dominate the series. They take a 2-0 lead. You're going, Luca had 47. What more could he do? He needs help. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay. But as you know, Mo, you know, these guys are very prideful. You know, this is the NBA. These are some mm-hmm. excellent coaches. You know, Jason Kidd, Coach Jason Kidd has done an incredible job over these last two games. One, keeping the guys positive and believing that they can still win. Two, giving them a game plan because they look incredibly organized right now on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. They have, they're playing with a purpose and they're playing the game with a sense of 
confidence that you they're, really they're, like to see. They're trusting each other as well. They're making the extra yeah, pass. They're doing great. Now, I'm interested to see because they have to win on they have Phoenix's to win home court. They have to win. They have right? to. So I'm really interested to see if they can get, you know, what, I, what I've termed unexpected contributions, right? Bertans today, Bertans today, that was like 10, 12 points that I really didn't expect. I don't think <laughs> Dallas really expect. I mean, he's he hasn't been shooting the ball particularly well, but give them credit, Mo, that you know what? We know he's capable of having nights like that. And suddenly he really picked a terrific game and, and to contribute. The credit goes all the way back to the Porzingis trade, trading for Dimity right. and Bertans in exchange for Christos Porzingis, because I'll tell you this. If Paul Zingas was in that game, he wouldn't have helped them like Bertans did tonight. And Spencer Dinwiddie had a really good stretch off the bench as well. Yes. And so those guys, when your role players step up, and they normally do at home, that's what you need if you're going to win the game. Now, will one or two or three of those guys like they did today or like these past two games step up on the road in a hostile environment? That is the question because we know – right now, what Luca's capable of doing. He's not only dominating the game scoring, now he's dominated the game passing. He is a nightmare matchup, okay, for the Phoenix Suns. They haven't figured out a way to slow him down at all. And he's completely dominated the game. I mean, he's really dominated the game over the last four games, even though they've only won two. So, so he is, without questioning, he's asserted himself as the best player in this series. By far. And okay. here's my question to you now. The, Dallas, uh, the the Phoenix Suns, you know, they tried to focus on Luka Doncic early on and then they were giving up all these threes to these role players because they were getting open for looks. And then we saw in the third quarter, Monty Williams was saying, we're just going to guard Luka with single coverage, even with guys like Campaign, who are clearly our match for strength. And we're just going to live with it. Now, if you had to make the decision in guarding Luca single coverage and living with him scoring or not scoring one-on-one against whoever is guarding him or throw multiple defenders at him, which one, and don't tell me to mix up the coverage because I know that's the, that's the correct answer, but which one do you feel more comfortable with? Well, Mo, you know, I, I, it's easy for me to say sitting here behind the microphone, comfortable watching the game, you know, Mo, when you play consistently for the entire year, it's really difficult to suddenly change when you hit the first little bump, you know, along your, along your path or along your journey. Yeah. Now I, I, this has been a really good defensive team. I mean, they've been what one, two or three all year. Yep. They certainly have a team where they have Mikhail Bridges, who was up there easily been, yeah, he could have easily been, you know, defensive player, defensive of the player there of the year. Jay Crowder, we know, is a terrific defensive player of the year. They have a guy who's been on a defensive, all defensive team eight or nine times in Chris Paul. Devin Booker is a, you know, he's a better than average defender. And then, of course, you have DeAndre Ayton. Now, I don't want to all of a sudden push the panic button here. But right now, this Dallas team, they're playing with a renewed sense of purpose and they've caught a rhythm 
And they've caught a rhythm hole from the three-point line. Now, I want to dive in for a little bit here, if we, if we got a few minutes. Of course. What I think Coach Monty Williams was doing was he was trying to weather the storm because these guys came out on fire. <laughs> I mean, mm, unstoppable. Mo, Eight Mo, from 14 in that first period of play, I believe. That's what I'm saying, Mo. Like, you got to weather the storm. You can't all of a sudden change that in that drastic. You had to weather the storm. Okay, hey, guys. And for the most part, they did that. They, they kind of hung around. Yeah, but they they just kept shooting in first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and then Finney caught fire again in the fourth quarter. Mm. So, you know, it's one of those things where you're saying they can't shoot this well for the entire game, but they did. I mean, they shot what forty five something, forty six percent for the game. They make twenty threes. Phoenix didn't shoot particularly well, so that's a huge advantage. But again, Mo, they have to do this on the road, so. You want to continue to stay with your principles. They've been solid all year. There's no reason to push the panic button now. But if you're watching this game, you're going, they're going to, they may have to do something different. Mo, because if they continue to shoot like this, Mo, I mean, we're in a series right now. We're in a fight right now. It's a dog okay? fight right now. I still I'm, think I'm, they are the better team, the Phoenix Suns, but they're in a fight right now. Phoenix Suns back-to-back games with 17 turnovers. Back-to-back games barely cracking. They, they scored 101, but one of them was a stat-padding layup at the very end of the game. So that, let's say they didn't crack 100 points yet again, which is almost impossible for this team. You know, the pace in which they're now playing is not the pace that we're accustomed to seeing them play. I, I think, you know, I, I said this earlier when we were on TV, but the way that they were talking after that game too, when they went hunting Luka Doncic on defense down the stretch, um, they were talking after that game and the vibe that I got was that they thought they'd won. They thought they'd figured out how to beat the Mavericks. Okay, we're just going to pick on Luka now when these next two games go to the Western Conference Finals. But it's not that simple. And the one thing the media loves to do is they made a huge thing about Luka getting picked on on defense. Well, just there you said Devin Booker is a better than average defender. I would disagree with that. I would, th- I would say he's an average defender when he's trying. And when he's not trying, he's a way below average defender. We see him get picked on by Jalen Brunson, who's much smaller than him, especially in game three. Jalen Brunson was having this way, driving past him, getting into the paint at will. Now, I know Luke, uh, Devin Book had a nice block and it's a nice highlight. And, you know, he's had this reputation this year for trying on defense and buying in. He has improved, don't get me wrong. But everyone talks about Luke getting picked on well. CP was getting picked on by Luka Doncic. Devin Booker was getting picked on. So well, I would hope that I would hope that Luka could pick on CP. I mean, he's he has him by about eight inches and about like 80 pounds. I would hope so. Okay. Okay. But then Luka gets picked on by guards that are quicker than him. Like, okay, it works both ways. It works either way, but everyone <laughs> makes a big saying. deal. Everyone makes a big deal when it's Luka getting scored on. And they don't say nothing when it's Luka doing the scoring against someone else. So that's, I just find that interesting as an interesting narrative, so to speak. But yeah, this, this chess match is going to unfold. But I think the key is the big man. I really think the key is the big man. And I think the strategy that I would go with if I was, you know, the Phoenix Suns, I would let Luka score as many points as he wants, just like in games one and two. Let Luka score as many as he wants. As long as we can stop these other guys catching fire, from behind the arc, we'll be okay and we're going to win the game because Luca by himself is not going to score 100 points. That's how I would look at it. But obviously, I'm not a head coach of the Phoenix Suns. But, you know, what I love is you know, when teams go up two zip 
at home and everyone thinks, oh yeah, this is going to be an easy series. And then they go on the road, lose the next two games. And all of a sudden it's the best of three. We've got a series on our hands. That's what we saw over in Philadelphia tonight as well. Because the Miami Heat took a two nothing series lead. And then all of a sudden Joel Embiid returns wearing the mask. And now the series is tied at two games apiece. And the Miami Heat have not looked like the Miami Heat we saw in games one and two. Bam Adebayo has not looked like the Bam Adebayo we saw in games one and two. The presence of Joel Embiid alone on that court has had such an impact. The role players stepped up tonight. Danny Green had a good game and Georges Niang had a good game. But most importantly, BJ, I was saying to you earlier, I saw someone tonight that I've not seen in a long time. I, I saw someone tonight I've not seen since February. And his name is James, James Harden. The beard reemerged with a monster performance, some clutch buckets down the stretch. It was fantastic to see. Now, my question to you is, do you think the Philadelphia 76ers can go into Miami and steal game five? Without question, that, that's, that goes without saying. Can they do it? Yes. Now, will they do it? Oh, that, that's the question. Will they do it? Now, you know, Mo, when you're playing in the playoffs, right? You know, everyone likes to talk about what happened the first two games. That's Every game takes on its own personality. It takes on its own vibe. It takes on its own energy set of problems, what have you. And getting Joel Embiid back was a huge, huge shot in the arm for this Philadelphia 76ers team. Why? Because with Joel Embiid, they really believe. I firmly, they, I, I think they believe it. They believe, they believe they can that win they're the, the best Eastern team. Conference. They believe they can win the whole thing. And Joel Embiid doesn't believe that he knows this. He's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. JoJo was unstoppable. I mean, mm-hmm. JoJo was unstoppable. I mean, and Miami aren't a big team. Force. They're, they're not really a big team. Well, they're, they're not like, a big team, but they they have a lot of wing players that can defend. Yep. They have a lot of strong players. Yep. But, but not strong Joel enough or NBA, big enough yeah. for, for the process. And, and Bam is a is is a is, is is a good sized young man. But Joel Embiid is just I mean, he's but, huge. When I look at Bam, I see the the body of a power forward more so than, than a center. Well, it's by yesterday's, yesterday's I'm, standards. I'm I would agree. By, I'm too old Yeah, school. but, but by this, he's, yeah, he's but, but one he, of the bigger guys in the league. He can't deal with Joel and, and the heat no are trying to front Joel in a post and all sorts of different stuff. And it just doesn't work. He's just a dominant force. No, no one can deal with, no one can deal with him. Now, again, when you're getting contributions from the others, from the role players, the George Niangs and, and, and Danny Greens and so forth and so on. And of course, you saw James Harden, as you spoke of earlier. When James Harden comes in and suddenly he's making threes and, you know, getting to the line and doing his, you know, dribble exercise, so forth and so on. And when that's clicking... <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, but I think that goes, I I think that goes down to Embiid though, because now Embiid is commanding so much attention. These guys are getting the breathing room to get their shots off when Embiid wasn't in the lineup. Okay. The defense can focus on James Harden and the defense can make even better contests of those shots from those role players. let, 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 Let me share this 
with our listeners here. Every player needs the same, every team needs the same thing. Every team needs a player that, that can determine the outcome of the game. Make no doubt about it, Joel Embiid is that player. Joel Embiid can determine the outcome of the game. With Joel Embiid in the lineup, it's a new ball game. Miami un- understands that. And think about this, Mo. He hasn't been any type of condition. I mean, he literally, it's probably difficult for him to eat, see, and do yeah. things, see. He's playing with the mass. And, and despite all of that, Mo, despite all of that, he has a, a broken thumb, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. You can see, Mo, his impact on the game. Not only did he play well on the offensive end, Mo, defensively, I mean, he was, you know, he's, he, 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 his presence was felt. So now I think the Heat, had, they've had two games now to see his impact on the game. They know he's going to get better, Mo, each and every game, okay, because his conditioning is going to get better. And now it's important for them to come up with a game plan to limit his effectiveness, especially on the defensive end. Because when he dominates on the defensive end, that means the role players and the other guys are going to get going out in transition. So now Coach Spolnim, they know they're in a fight now. Okay, because now you know what the Sixers are saying? Man, if we would have had JoJo, you know what they're really thinking. You know what you know what the Philly, you know what the we, Philly we, we'd be in right the now. conference finals right now. Yeah, we, we would have <laughs> swept them. <laughs> we would have swept them. Now, you know what I mean? And, and, and so, it was, it was, I just want to say this, it was good to see Morris back on the court after his uh, whiplash he right. received from uh, Nikola Jokic. And he was on the court for about three possessions before Joel Embiid swatted one of his shots so hard, I thought he was going to get whiplash again because that was mm-hmm. one of the most brutal blocks I've seen from Joel Embiid. And he's doing it not just with the mask on and the fractured face. He's doing it with, what is it, a torn muscle in his hand, in his thumb, yeah, that he's got bandaged up. And the injury in his leg that no one talks about. This guy, we have to give him all the respect that is due because he's really soldiering through in the era of load management and players not wanting to play. Embiid, he recognizes his chance. He's missed enough time throughout his career so far. He recognizes there is a window here for the Sixers to do something. My question for you, BJ, the Dallas Mavericks and the Philadelphia 76ers, both of them clawed their way back from two nothing holes to tie the series. Which one has a better chance of taking a 3-2 lead on the road in their next game. Well, that's pretty good. I want to say Philly. Mm. Because I think Joel Embiid and the style in which they play, it will favor Joel Embiid because he's going to start from the low post. You know, Luca is a concern now because he's not only doing this from the perimeter at the top. Coach Kidd is now putting him on the post. Yep. Much to your much <laughs> okay. to your enjoyment because this is what we spoke about hey, over the hey, weekend. When I start seeing guys catch the ball below the free throw line with a live dribble, I always get concerned. Now Coach Kidd is beginning to smell that, you know what, we're getting close now to, you know, breaking this thing wide open. And he's beginning to put Luca below the free throw line, catching the ball and allowing him to shoot, pass, or create for himself. Okay, and right now I'm a little concerned and which is going to force the hand of the Philadelphia, I mean, of the Phoenix Suns. On the other side, talking about Philadelphia, Joel Embiid is going to be there. So you can see they started trying to front him today. They tried to do some things to (laughs) disrupt him. 
But I think JoJo overall, if he continues to play aggressive, and as you can see, his conditioning is getting better. I just think he's just so big of a man that he'll just wear you down. And so I think if you're asking me that question, who has a Philadelphia because of the style they play, they can play really slow. And if JoJo can, again, if he can control the paint like he did this evening, I, th- I think they will have a, a better than average chance to go down there in Miami and get one. Well, both Philly and the Dallas Mavericks tie their series up at 2-2. And tonight, there are two teams who have the chance to tie a 2-2 in the Boston Celtics, who will play the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Memphis Grizzlies, who will play the Golden State Warriors. Now, John Morant right now is reportedly out for tonight's game. So I'm not going to dive too deep into that now. He's listed as doubtful. I doubt he plays. And if he doesn't play... I don't know if the Memphis Grizzlies can win that and the Golden State Warriors could take a 3-1 lead. Having said that, in the regular season, the Memphis Grizzlies played amazing basketball whenever John Rant was missing time. So they have been well prepared for it. How do you see this one going tonight? Well, conventional wisdom would tell me that they have no chance. However, they did go this year 20 and what, three without him? Yeah, two. I think only two losses without John Morant. Without John Morant, I suspect they probably will be a better defensive team without John Morant. I also suspect they Dylan will Brooks move is the back. ball. Yeah, they will move the ball and have ball movement, player movement. And it's going to be a new way to play for the you know, Golden State Warriors. And it's always tough because you get into a rhythm of personnel and how you're going to play and so forth and so on. All of a sudden now the game should look different. But I think this Golden State team, look, they're playing terrific basketball right now. I got to give them credit. I I really didn't anticipate them playing this well, even though they're minus. Big win. James Wiseman. We we haven't even spoke about that because it happened over the weekend. We weren't doing a show. Yeah, James Wiseman is, you know, hasn't been there all year. They lose Gary Payton. You know, they've had guys in and out of the lineup. But for whatever reason, their experience and their depth and Clay Thompson continues to just, you know, he can, he just continues to grind it out, you know, and, and play and shoot and, and come up with timely baskets. So I give those guys credit. They are playing terrific basketball. Things are lining up for them. I think that they I, I think for them, they understand the urgency of winning now when you're supposed to win. So I think they will be ready no matter whether Ja is there or not. I think they're going to want to take care of business and then try to close this thing out there in, in Memphis if given the opportunity. And, you know, just touching on that game three that they won in very convincing fashion. They put up 142 points, which is a lot of a points for a playoff game. They did a great job because the Grizzlies came out red hot from three, like we saw the Dallas Mavericks do today. Then Steve Kerr sent his guys into a zone and it really shut down the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies really struggled to create in that half-court offense, even though John Morant was knocking down three-pointers like we've never seen him knock down before. So credit to Steve Kerr and, and the Golden State Warriors for taking a 2-1 lead. I think they can take the 3-1 lead. But, BJ, game three between the Celtics and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. The worst game mm-hmm. I have ever seen Jason oh, Tatum play. Stop it, Mo. You were screaming... For the entire game. That was 48 minutes of basketball. That I mean, was the worst possession. game I've seen Jason Tatum play ever. And think about it. You still had a chance and, to win. Uh, uh, and that was a shooting foul on Marcus Smart. See, I'm not going to complain about the referees 
about saying Giannis commits the charge every time he drives to the bucket because Giannis is so strong. If you're gonna if you're gonna call those, the game will just never happen. Okay, I'm not gonna complain about those. What I will complain about is that foul on Marcus Smart that gave him two free throws should have been three free throws. Okay, BJ, I'm someone who's watched almost every game of Marcus Smart's career. I know for a fact he was trying to shoot that thing. I know he thought in his head that he should take a fadeaway three for the win at that moment. And the fact that the referees didn't give that as a shooting foul was ridiculous. And then there was other calls, a goal 10, that was a very obvious goal 10 that everyone's showing as a highlight with Giannis just blocking a shot on his way down. Ridiculous. And then there's a few other calls here and there. But the refereeing has been absurd. And not just for the Celtics, but for every team in the playoffs so far. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is unstoppable. Refs, no refs, whatever you want to call it. This guy is the first two games were quiet for his standards, even though he got like 28, whatever points, triple doubles. Giannis Antetokounmpo is unstoppable. He is a, a, a dominant force. But I have to credit the Boston Celtics because they were 0.2 seconds away from winning that game or sending it to overtime at least. Right. Which is crazy considering how badly they played and how dominant Giannis was. So going into tonight's game, where the Bucks could take a 3-1 lead or the Celtics could tie the series at 2-2 and regain their home court advantage, how do you look at this one? They have an opportunity in these two games on the road to get one. That's that's just the bottom line. They have two games to get one on the road. They have one game to get and, one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you know, and, and and look, great effort in game three. What what more could you ask, Simo? I I don't get into. Sometimes when you play in enough games, you're going to get good breaks. You're going to get bad breaks but you keep playing through it. You just keep playing. And you know what, Mo? They continue to play. They still had a chance to win, whether or not it was she should have got two fouls or three foul shots or whatever the case may have been. You just keep playing, okay? And if you continue to play hard enough, you will get your fair calls and your everything will shake out in the wash, right? Right now, they have to put that game behind them and put together a 48-minute effort. Because if you give Giannis a 3-1 lead... Oh, it's over. Oh, it's it's, it's, it's over. You're going to be in trouble. Now, I I said it before the series, and you continue to say it. I I have nothing else to say about him. He is just... You know what, Mo? (laughs) I'm just amazed every time I watch him. I really am. Like, because he's he's an unfinished product. Mo, he's not even done. This is not even my final form. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mo, he's like. You know about Dragon Ball Z, BJ? What's that? You know about Dragon Ball Z? No, I do. Uh, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 he just continues to get better and better and better. And, you know, he's just, look, he's doing this without Chris Middleton. And they are still finding a way. He's still finding a way. And now he has an opportunity. So 
you know, you know, I, I know he's going to give the effort. Now I, I know that this Boston Celtics team, they have some guts. Now I'm going to tell you who's quickly becoming one of my favorite players is this kid, Grant Williams. Grant mm-hmm. Williams is one of my favorite players. I mm-hmm. mean, you know what I love about Grant Williams is he takes the bump. Yep. He takes the hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he did as this is going to sound crazy, Mo. He did a really good defensive job on Giannis. Game two, game he two, a, he did the best job I've seen anyone do on Giannis in a long time. Okay, game three, he did a really good job. It was just Giannis was so good that you're going, okay, there's nothing you really can do. But yeah. this guy was here. He took all the charges. He blocked his shot. He made him take tough shots. He forced him to go to counters. And Giannis was still, like, just doing things. You're going, no, left hand, right hand, stepping around people, (laughs) dunking over this guy. I mean, what can you do? But Grant Williams is really, really. Do do you know who my favorite player? one of my favorite players. My favorite player in that game, do you know who it was? Who, Daniel Tice? No, hell no. <laughs> when he checked into the game, I knew we had lost. With all due respect to Daniel, it's just not a good matchup. Oh, it's just not a good matchup for him. Brooklyn was a good matchup for him. Mil- Milwaukee's not a good matchup for him. Uncle Al, turning back the hands of yeah, time. Yeah, 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 he's yes, 35. Yes, we don't talk about this enough. He's 35 years old and he's yes, guarding he Giannis. But it's not Grant Williams, it's Al Horford guarding Giannis. Yes. And yes, he's moving his feet yeah. and staying in front of him. And he, uh, I think Al Horford deserves some credit, but no credit in a loss. We got to see them win. We're going to be back tomorrow morning breaking down the action from those two fixtures between the Celtics, Bucks, Warriors. And well, who do you got, Mo? Real quick, who do you got? Who you got in Game Four? Pick it uh, right now. Who you got? Uh, I, I got the Warriors and the Bucks. I got the Warriors and the Bucks. Who have you got tonight? <laughs> I'm. I'm... I'm just gonna watch the game, Mo. No, 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 you can't ask me for a pick and then not give yours. Tell me your picks. Come on, B. Tell me. Who you got? Two names. I got the Warriors in the Bucks. Yeah, there we go. There we go. They got the Warriors in the Bucks. Yeah, there we go. There we go. But uh, you know, it's a good learning process for Jason Tatum. He's gonna hit that weight room if he wants to contend with Giannis over the next few seasons. But anyway, we'll be here tomorrow morning breaking it down. We'll see what happens. I'm not trying to get my hopes up. You know, I know Giannis is inevitable and, you know, the referees ain't going to call nothing. So we're going to be back. Hoop Genius Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Leave a review. Leave a rating. We're going to be here every Monday till Friday, 7 a.m., bright and early. So if you uh, aren't insane like me and don't stay awake all night for the games, catch us every morning. We can recap them for you. Everything you missed in a nice episode right here, packaged up nicely. For you, this has been episode 91. They're flying by. We're putting in the work, the consistency. So please do recommend us to your friends. Subscribe, leave a review. And most importantly, until next time, get buckets.